one of the brands that are really doing amazing work but cannot afford a big agencies as a company we have a vision we want to touch a billion lives money will always come second first is always um, you know what kind of impact we want to build i think people have choice they can come to we work they can work from home sales guy selling chai hello everyone welcome to the baking on even podcast and yes welcome from beyond the screen um We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures, and play a few games. Today we have with us Ankit Mamaya, the founder of Vibrant Moon. Ankit, how are you feeling? Very good, excited, thrilled. <laughs> awesome. How do you feel? <laughs> we feel good, as as good as can be. Awesome. awesome. You're our first guest in person, so. Not the word, but feel very privileged. Amazing. So Ankit, you worked in tea, publishing, wealth, automotive. and the common string has always been business and marketing so is that a fair description it is perfect amazing so since that journey is what has brought us here today we're going to play a quick little game to get into what you do more awesome um so yeah we're going to play the twitter pitch challenge so twitter is known for its 280 character limit on every tweet and sometimes that makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts oh, so <laughs> So it takes about twenty seconds to speak two hundred eighty characters. So we want to transfer this challenge to you okay. to explain to us vibrant moon in twenty seconds. But we won't make it easy. We also want you to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet. Any questions? No, no questions. So that's your stopwatch, and you can start in three, two, one, go. All right. So, Vibrant Moon um, is a place where we are building a culture to change the tides, to change the tide how industry functions, to change the tide how businesses function, to change the tide how uh, people work together uh, or businesses can be seen. Emoji Moon hashtag uh, change the tide. Perfect. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Off to a good start, dude. Yeah, just under so it's nineteen point nine seconds. So yeah, that was actually a great description of like what y'all do. Yeah, I mean, nineteen point nine seconds. I'm still baffled <laughs> by that. But no, I mean that is what we do. I mean, I've been. Uh, I mean, it's pretty imbibed in me now. Uh, saying this for five years. Yeah, it's your, it's your <laughs> but uh, at a party, and someone asks you what you do, that's your little quick one line. Yeah, that's my go-to always. So it's always there. I mean, that was the name. I mean, that's why we also named it Vibrant Moon. uh changing the tide uh with moon the tide has changed always changes the tide so and we are a team we believe we are vibrant people <laughs> <laughs> at least we try to be with our shirts <laughs> so um our fit right in yeah <laughs> i definitely wouldn't <laughs> you're vibrant in your heart Anish, so <laughs> so ankit <clears throat> having worked across so many different industries in the past did you ever find a favorite Favorite industry? Uh, no, I particularly don't have any particular favorite. Uh, I think every industry has their own challenges. Um, in fact, a lot of them are very similar, is what I feel. Yeah. Working across different, uh, and all of them finally boils down to your, you know, your top line, bottom line, and how we can make a change or how we can make a positive dent into that. Uh, so no favorite, uh, but I would say that possibly I enjoy working on luxury brands. um especially if i were to p- 
pick few industries it would be like automotive uh yeah i mean after working on mercedes it's like a tough <laughs> i mean you can't give that up right that would have been a uh, i enjoyed working on mercedes i enjoyed working on taj palaces um i think even now we have a couple of brands in the last five years we enjoyed working on them but luxury as a category is something that i really enjoy uh and the other spectrum i also enjoy is like very massy brands uh, not even mass premium but like massy like there's so much that you can do like so basically both the extremes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that you didn't find a favorite is is that why you think you know is that why you went into a into a digital and brand agency uh no not apparently um it was not about picking a favorite industry it was always about so i always worked with very interesting uh, brands businesses uh, i think i started my journey with readers digest a uh, very big brand across 52 countries uh, i i don't i have not met people who have not read at least one edition of readers digest or not entered a sweepstakes to win one crore <laughs> right from there till now uh, i think before starting vibrant moon always there was this nagging thought that all these businesses i worked with or all these brands that i worked with at, at my previous stint at agency uh, they always have deep pockets uh, and they get the best of the people to work on the brand for them yeah. one of the brands that are really doing amazing work but cannot afford a big agencies uh, and we have worked with them uh, in the last 5 years and we want to make a positive change right i will not name the brand but there is a brand that uh, it's one of the five leading manufacturers uh, in india and uh, they they have no brand ambassadors all their competitors have like ambassadors they pay like few hundred crores a year uh, wow. to promote their brands they don't have but what they've done is they've built 400 schools at grassroots levels and that's a kind of impact that's a kind of change or tide they're you not know, changing the tide that way and we believe in them so we work with them uh, so that's why vibrant moon was formed not because uh, there was no inclination towards particular industry but there was inclination towards doing something amazing uh, working with brands that are doing amazing but don't have right partners who can know come in and uh, work with them at their preferred cost at their you know the culture that they have merge with that and things like that so that that is why you know uh, the journey i mean that's the starting journey of vibrant moon so yeah you said you uh, you work with like boutique companies and smaller companies but and you said there are a lot of like digital marketing firms that work with the big ones because they have bigger budgets so do you face any problems in that sense where like you're working with these companies they are very impactful but it kind of hinders or hurts your business part of things it always i think uh, there's always uh, you have to weigh your pros and cons uh, there's always there's uh, i mean you have a vision as a company we have a vision we want to touch a billion lives uh, during a lifetime or even beyond a lifetime the company can uh, run on its own right uh, but Uh, so there is this vision that we want to you know, cater to. We work, want to work towards. We are very uh, imbibed into us, and at the same time, there is you have to look at your PNL, uh, <laughs> right? So you have to understand that how uh, we can work together. But fortunately, uh, we have worked with a lot of businesses, a lot of brands in five years. We have found good partners. Um, Anuj uh, here <laughs> uh, can also maybe weigh in. We have found good partners in them as well uh, here. but uh, i think everyone that we work with you know really making an impact in in the industry they are right and that helps us 
make an impact ourselves and of course money is i think uh money will always come second first is always um, you know what kind of impact we want to build or what kind of uh, how we can help brands so it is sometimes difficult to you know we have to say no to a lot of brands uh, a lot of businesses that maybe they cannot afford us or maybe we cannot uh, uh no we may not be able to help them the way they would want to or maybe their vision or their culture is very different than what we would like to be a part of so yes there is uh, always this challenge to have a healthy balance sheet uh, but yeah i think that will always come second uh, for us it's interesting um and really commendable that you are saying that like money will come second and you stand by that because like sometimes it's so easy to get swayed into that like later down the line like i feel like a lot of companies might start with the idea of like impact and like um money being secondary and things like that but like to stick by that for like 5 years is quite uh different and i think yeah commendable to like stick by that but i think another interesting thing you said was um you want to touch 1 million lives and even beyond i guess your lifetime um and that's also really important right like as a founder to direct the company in a way where it lives beyond you so do you have any things that you've put in place right now to make sure that it runs with and without you <laughs> it's a very interesting question i think uh, only once uh, somebody has asked me this question in 5 years and i found it very interesting it was during a pitch <clears throat> when i met this company but it's very interesting actually that is what made me th- think about uh, how to build a structure or how to really you know work towards it uh, but amazing so i think uh, i've taken very small steps just to begin with uh i went on a 3 week vacation i did not switch on my laptop i did not talk to my team at all and we survived <laughs> so i felt that yes uh, we can run it's a good experiment to do huh? yeah. <laughs> always so because i think uh once you start you don't get time uh, your family you are not able to give time to your family you are not able to spend time on yourself uh, when you begin your journey uh, but later when you can i think you should uh i also push everyone in the team to spend time out uh, at work so i think very interestingly uh, why we say uh, a billion a life touching it's not just through our work it's also through personal uh, you know connections or through personal responsibilities that we have uh, you know among each other right <clears throat> there are activities that i do outside of work where i touch upon lives there are activities someone else does like it can be like uh, feeding stray dogs for the matter right uh, that what that's what build our culture uh that's what build us who we are right we we are very connected to nature people uh we are always there just thinking about improving someone's life uh now whether it be through work whether it be through personal relationships or outside of that it's all there so i believe that because of this even beyond that we will continue to do that, do that and survive the only thing is we have to like really really like uh not enforce it but make it a part of our day to day imbibe yeah. it into the culture of yeah. your company yeah i think it's important to kind of have that as your as your guiding star like you know that's is that that's what we're working towards so even when you, when you're making a business decision or something right. it can always be like an answer that it can always be the question that hey does this decision again mm-hmm. lead me to that or does it lead somewhere else to absolutely true yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely true so let's let's go back to you know your time before vibrant moon a lot of your 
Now this is just LinkedIn stalking uh, <laughs> this thing. But a lot of experiences, early experiences on LinkedIn, quote budget management as a skill, which is not present as a skill in your role as a co-founder. So just what is the reason for that? No, I have a co-founder who is better than <laughs> me at that. <laughs> Chintan uh, is better than me at that. So I've left it to him. <laughs> Chintan, as as I understand, is not in the same time zone. Right? He's in a he's in a time zone, in fact, in Canada, which is very incompatible with India. Um, so how does that work? How do you kind of manage that? Uh, so I think there are clear role distribution. Uh, I mean, role distribution between us. He does certain things. For example, budget. Uh, he manages all the budgets. He manages all the operations. Basically, I manage the other parts of uh, running the business. So there is this clear division of who does what. So you know the other person can weigh in, but the ultimate decision maker would be you know uh, yeah. the primary lead on that particular activity or role, etc. So that's how we manage. Uh, I think it's pretty. It's been what two years since he's moved uh, to in Toronto, and uh, so far no hiccups. We're running smoothly as of now. Again, Absolutely. fingers crossed. But I think clear role distribution understanding definitely helps. Clear communication helps. Uh, let's say if you are not able to clear communicately, uh, sorry, if you are not able to communicate <laughs> clearly, that hey, you know, why haven't you done this? You know, why am I to do this? But uh, because of that, I think. There is clear communication. There is clear understanding so far, and there are like two hours in the evening at least where we can spend time with each other. So that's what we do. Because I was showing Anuj uh, one of the tools that we use. Uh, it's called Gather. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually talk about this tool every time, but it's a very wonderful tool, right? Uh, it's it's a virtual office. Okay. So everyone in the team, I think, is working from different places. We have people in Bangalore. Uh, Delhi, Mumbai, Pune, um, and Toronto, of course, Kota. So people are working from everywhere. So this tool actually brings them all together. Um, so in the evening, even when Chindan joins, he starts his day, he logs into that tool. So two hours, he gets with everyone, uh, not just me. right? And I think it is important for everyone also to spend time with everyone inside the team. So if there's anything that he wants to discuss with anyone or anyone wants to discuss with him, that also you know can discuss. So so far so good. Yeah, the like to help visualize it, the tool is kind of like a derivative of a Pokemon World. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's quite. I mean, it's a fun thing. I think it's. Uh, you're you're still using it. Yes, yes. Not yeah. bad, dude. Because I like. There's a lot of founders in the in the COVID period that used it that I know of as well. Mm. But I don't think any of them are still using it. So the fact that you still are is quite. Uh, I mean, it's worked for you. It has worked for us. I think it has improved our collaboration. Uh, it has improved our brainstorming. I think what happened is people were working in silos uh, when COVID hit, even before. So I think when we started, we started in 2018. Uh, I think by default, we were like people working from different places. So COVID did not really change a lot of ways. But we have to improvise because COVID actually, even if things did not change, uh, it like hit people very differently. So even if you know there were people working with them now also at home, right? Let's say if I am working from home, now my family is also working from home. So things hit very differently. There is you know there's different uh, culture around them now. Someone is lazy, then they'll also start becoming lazy, uh, looking at them, etc. Right? So this tool actually made it life very easy, right? I can just walk. So let's say this is a virtual office. I can just walk to Anuj. 
on this virtual office and i can just talk to him i can come yeah. back to you or i can when i'm discussing with anuj i can you know ping you and you can join us in the conversation and immediately like you guys can find a solution and things like that so that really has helped yeah i was actually what i was going to just ask that like is it that where like it looks like an office plan but like people are yeah it's like a top view of office yeah and it's interesting to see how you all did it even before covid but like still were impacted to a certain extent as well right because like um working remotely wasn't as common and i don't think it's still as common in india as it is abroad <laughs> at least that's like what i've noticed like i feel yeah, like it, it really isn't as common here yeah because yeah. um i think like once covid was that most people went back to the office full time yeah. whereas um abroad like in the uk at least for uh, me it wasn't going back into the office for like, i was like once or twice a week and now what like two years after covid it's like three year, three days compulsory but that literally happened in september of 2023 so that idea like to be able to and i think again um you know it makes sense like to use apps like this or like to use platforms like this so that you still have you you still have the luxury of working with the best people from wherever they are and they have the liberty to live wherever they want to and still work for their uh like the company of their choice but at the same time you still get that feel of collaboration and work effectively that way so yeah i think like uh platforms like these are helping the idea of remote working absolutely cuz uh, like i don't know if you're of the opinion but like a lot of people want that access of their time the ability to have autonomy of what they're doing mm-hmm. so is that what like motivates you to like have that um remote office or actually what was the reason that you had a remote office back in 2018 so back in 2018 i think we were a small team uh, so it was my choice we did not have one place so one person was in mumbai one was in pune one was in kota so uh, i think there were two in pune uh, but then we did not have like team all together in one place so it did not make sense for us to have like a office or we still work out of we work whoever wants to work at we work i personally go there every day uh but we work out of we work and uh, i think people have choice they can come to we work they can work from home etc but always it i think you rightly said that you know people need to do a lot of other stuff uh and that is also what we believe in right if you want to do if you so for example this uh one of our team members she likes dancing a lot so now that in an office setup cannot happen sure. but at home she can just switch on music and dance anytime feel refreshed come back to the work and uh, the productivity is higher right uh, just imagine her sitting on a desk for 8 hours 9 hours without getting to you know free up her mind or free up her energy uh, or build or bring in more energy right she feels more energized after dancing so uh, it's not possible right in office setup right uh, where people are looking at you where you also feel very different but at home you are in your own comfort zone but on your desk you are still with the team working with them so i think it gives a lot of flexibility to people uh as long as work is happening as long as good value is created uh for the brands i think it's all good when you are in a remote s- setting like how do you make sure you hire right where people are not taking advantage of that because <laughs> you said productivity increases yeah. but a lot of you trust them yeah like so you do you have uh, if you don't trust them so i think trust is a two way street if you don't trust them they cannot trust you as a company uh is the same thing right why would they work with vibrant moon and not let's say 
Ogilvy or CLA or you know, yeah. if someone wants to work in this industry, uh, we bring in you know different people skills. We bring in different people culture uh, than these companies can provide. I've worked with them, uh, amazing places, of course, but yeah, I think what we bring is still like you know, uh, it's like a family feeling that you can build internally with people around. Uh, and I think if someone takes advantage, I don't think they'll be able to excel uh, on either of these places, right? Uh, if you are able to, then great. Doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, if you can earn extra money, if you can create uh, much, if you can have uh, add more value to the world, why not? It's all okay. So I think we are open to it. If someone is uh, moonlighting per se, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think as long as it is not affecting any of the work, uh, I think it's okay. So far, we have not come across anyone uh, who does, especially at least that we don't know of. But we know of people, uh, all everybody in the team who does something really amazing in life, along with you know, your regular work. So so far, I think we are uh, in a good space. So you spoke about you know CLA, which is Creative Land Asia, which was your last, which was the last job you held before you before you started Vibrant Moon. So what was it about time at CLA that kind of thrusted you into entrepreneurship? I always wanted to. Uh, it's not just about CLA. I think over the years, what I've seen is uh, I've built different skills, right, from Reader's Digest to CLA. Uh, I've built different skills. I've always, in fact, before starting my work at Reader's Digest, I managed my father's business for two years. So that was in tea. That's completely different uh, skills. I was on the field. I was like sales, sales guy selling chai, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? And um, NCLA, we're working on strategies for different brands. I think it's always worked on different skills, uh, worked with different brands, understood you know how industry function, understood how businesses function, and I just found the right time. Maybe I think I felt that this is the right time. Uh, 10, 11 years now, doing different things, uh, maybe now it's a time. It was not a particular thing at CLA that you know push, pushed me into this, but what it helped me is uh, I was in a strategy role, uh, like creative strategy for brand and digital at CLA. And that really helped me to build that last piece, which I felt was missing. I've always been on business side, sales, uh, digital marketing, execution, operations. Um, I've done a lot of marketing for all different brands before that. But strategy is something as a role was uh, part of everything that I used to do. But CLA gave me that only strategy uh, piece, which, you know, working on seven, eight brands, yeah. 10 brands, sometimes five brands on strategy day in and day out versus working on one brand, one business across all the digital or business verticals or marketing things that tactics. So that last piece is what actually helped me to like form this rounded personality to have uh, you know creative solutions uh, company now if i may no it's, it's it's very interesting and i think you know going back to one of the things you said slightly earlier in in, in your answer was uh, you used to do sales for your dad's company and i mean we've heard it on this podcast before you never stop being a salesman um <laughs> and I, I think even today you know you you do need to sell your uh, ideas you need you need to sell your wife with someone uh you know go with vibrant moon etc and so coming to the idea the the part about strategy so what 
you know, lately there's been more of a crossroads between, you know, advertising, marketing, and then like kind of like a management consultancy. So for example, you know, when you look at a business and the idea is for you to tell them, Hey, you know, this is your, this is your marketing strategy. This is your brand strategy. But then it kind of also ends up maybe having an idea for the business. Like, you know, maybe it's another vertical or some kind of special project that the business needs to do. So how receptive are your clients to something like that? Because, you know, if it's, if it is a larger company, let's say they might be working with another management consultancy or something already. Plus you're also then not just dealing with the marketing team, but also with the business dev team or the business strategy team. So does that create some kind of friction or are they more receptive to those kind of things? Uh, No, I think uh, in such situations, I think project closure takes time uh, to begin with, because maybe we are getting to know them. They're getting to know us. Uh, understand each other's capabilities, what we can do, etc. But receptive-wise, I think it's been pretty good. Uh, in fact, we have had more projects like these, where uh, which are outside of maybe advertising or strategy or, or, or advertising or creative uh, solutions, etc. It's mostly building some new stuff, uh, bringing in consulting. Uh, example, I mean, we've built a new sales channel for a company, a consulting company, uh, which is an annual event uh, which happens over three days and that has become three days gives them the entire pipeline for a year uh, now the solution that we gave them uh, what they they came with a challenge i think what best we do is uh, someone comes with a challenge we can give them the solution which may not be a typical advertising or marketing solution uh, for example in this case it was the solution was that you build an event where people come in where people meet uh, you generate leads it's a very small event. Uh, it can hold up to 200 people in a room. That's it. But they get volume worth of your, uh, they're sorted for you. They don't have to do any other marketing for you. Right? Except your uh, regular LinkedIn updates and you know your hygiene. Of course, hygiene, right? hygiene, is, so hygiene is of course needed. So that is, I think, uh, it's a pretty good space. So we also work with Tata, uh, for example, where they... We work with we have worked with them on an internal portal, which is also open to you know people outside. Uh, the portal is called Embrace. Uh, it is 150 years of Tata uh, in one place. It's such a humongous task to put yeah. that together. You work with HR people. You work with different uh, departments head, department head, business heads, sustainability head, uh, Tata at play. So they have a huge play. They sponsor uh, they sponsor a lot of Olympic, uh, you know, uh, athletes. Uh, you work with them. You have to understand what Tata does at different, uh, in different walks of life, yeah. and just imagine day one of Tata and day today, everything is in that. You no, know, it was very chaotic too. You know, it gets very chaotic, but that is the. I mean, that's what you build. You know, certain. I mean, that's what. Uh, you know, being in this position, being a solutions partner or being a creative solutions partner is what uh, we look beyond just advertising or marketing or consulting it's whatever it takes right to bring that um, to to solve for the challenge yeah no fair enough and no it's interesting i think a lot of times now people are like in that in between stage where it's not necessarily defined that you're just doing one particular field but like you move between skill sets you also because the thing is, if you realize something of a company, you're not going to not say something just because you have to focus on marketing, yeah. right? Like you're going to be able to have 
conversations about the other aspects of the business because at the end of the day it all like adds up and it's a business as a whole versus just individual departments but um yeah moving on we have another game for you it's called two truths and one lie um so to understand a little bit more about your journey with vibrant moon uh and whether it's challenges or your biggest achievements the idea is you give us three statements from which one is a lie and two of them are true and then anuj and i have to guess which one is the lie awesome <laughs> so <laughs> no no uh, i thought about it um i've been seeing all the podcasts so i know this question comes but usually it's two yeah. lies and one truth so um, i've never had to fire anyone uh i am involved uh in coral replantation program or coral plantation restoration program in in the indian ocean and i i don't believe in fate superstitions i luck or things like that I think it's you have to work towards it okay i've got the one that i think is the lie wait have you got your answer um yeah okay i think it's the first one first one so yeah cuz as a founder i was going to be like you're so lucky you never had to fire someone yeah it was pretty simple i mean easy it was easy uh, yeah. yeah yeah if for two lives maybe i don't know <laughs> so coral re, uh, replantation yeah coral restoration project where, where are you doing that this is in indonesia uh, i just went there in august I hopefully we'll go sometime soon nice. so it's a very interesting project right uh, I mean, if we can talk about it, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah, mind talking about it. So, um, so it's a coral reef. Uh, so, Indonesia, especially, I think, with global warming, etc., a lot of coral reefs have been bleached. Uh, but corals, they provide us people on the land fifty percent of the oxygen that we mm-hmm. breathe in, right? And that is eighty percent oxygen that corals produce, wow. right? And that is fifty percent for us. Fifty percent is from all the plants that we have on the ground on Earth. uh but with coral bleaching that's a huge you know dent in yeah oxygen for us so there are a lot of coral restoration projects going on so i became a part of that i became a certified scuba diver advanced diver first for that and then uh it was only then that i could really go in and plant a coral uh in 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 the ocean it's very beautiful so it's like a um how you see when you when a construction building uh, building construction going on you see those steel or iron rods those are those rods it's structured like a dome shaped or different shaped uh, structures you take it in a sh- i mean in your boat uh sink it you have to sink it to the bottom of the uh, on the ocean floor uh fix it on the bottom um on the floor and now you find corals which have just you know been dislodged from their reef uh, but can be still alive then place it on them you know fix it uh, on them and then we pass like uh, electromagnetic waves through that so that they can grow faster so that is something that i've taken up as like quite the hobby <laughs> <laughs> no that's i mean that's that's really cool in fact last year i've gone to maldives uh, for a small vacation and there the resort that we were at even they had so they had taken it over from a very old italian resort mm-hmm. which had kind of depleted the corals around it mm-hmm. so their first job when they took over that land they replanted the entire surrounding 
coral um, coral ecosystem, and and then started building the the resort again. So even they had spoken about like you know the the need for corals, and because what they said is like Maldives is a cluster of islands, right? If one one island loses its coral life, it affects every, every single island. other island in Absolutely. that entire region. Absolutely. And that to me was like, wow, it's like a network. And then like it one is. part goes away and it's like the yeah. entire network. The coral itself is a living being, right? Yeah. It is not like a structure or a, like what do we feel when we see it? It feels like a small hill or a small mountain, like very small hip uh, is what we feel. But it is not. It is a living being. It, it, it has its own uh, photosynthesis. Right, it like takes in carbon dioxide. It releases oxygen, and twenty uh, percent oxygen they release is taken by the animals inside the mammals in the ocean, and eighty percent of the what they release is for us, and that is only fifty percent for us. And really that is cool. Really cool. And uh, what was your experience of firing someone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean. Uh, I think it's happened twice in five years, but uh, the first time when it happened, I could not sleep. Uh, that was the first time I started having blood pressure problems. Honestly, uh, it was difficult. <laughs> it was difficult. Second time, it was not so difficult, but I mean, you have to take certain decisions. So yeah. For the first time, how long did you prolong firing? A few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so. Uh, I mean, when you start noticing like uh, things are not working out, culture fit, for example, there's no culture fit, person is you know, maybe not just fitting into no matter what, you've put in efforts, you've done, you've trained them, done everything. But if that culture fit is not there, then you know, the client, the work will also not be great, client will not be happy, will not exist. So it's about survival for the company. This happened very early, uh, I think. In first or second second year uh, if i'm not wrong but it had to uh, happen but it is very difficult so you prolong it as long as you can yeah. uh, uh, because see i have known this pip performance improvement uh, whatever it's called at different companies they were this three months program we never had that we still don't have it but we give enough chances to people to you know, understand the culture understand what client needs understand at least clients culture and you know work with them gel with them and become a part of their team right uh, if that does not happen then i think uh, you need to take a call and first call i think we took very late uh, and uh, if we had taken earlier maybe you know we would have gotten over it earlier right, right. Um, so that was the, i mean that was the thought that we had later but i'm i'm also grateful that it has happened twice not more uh, and i <laughs> yeah. hope it doesn't happen <laughs> No, I mean, it's all, always easier in retrospect to think, but like in that moment, what you feel is what you feel. And it is a difficult thing to like do as well. But I feel like um, in a way, it's also, it's good for both the parties. Like you said, if it's not a cultural fit, even they are not going to be able to grow as a person in that environment and in their career. But obviously, like it's difficult to take it in that like way. It is. When <laughs> you get fired or when you are firing someone. But, yeah. Yeah. I've been in business for about a year and a half. Two year, two years almost now, and so the the practice that uh, that I have tried, which has worked luckily, touchwood so far, is um, it's happened again twice, which was you know where you're kind of as a as a 
as a manager of the business at a stage where you feel like this person needs to be let go. But then what we do is we put them on probation again for two months. So we tell them you're on probation again because it's not working right. out. You've got two months to either prove yourself or, you know, that will right. be the end of it. And then you have a review at the end of it. And luckily, both the times that it's happened so far, mm. um, the person really bucked up and like, you know, mm. uh, is back in action. True. Full swing. Yeah, that, that's that is what PIP, like performance improvement plan. So most companies like corporate companies usually have that. We still don't have it. But I agree. I think that was what we you know, went through That's, the time. It's the same thing as giving someone a second chance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Telling them that you're giving them a second chance. Yeah, I think we gave more than three chances rather, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we really prolonged it for like six months, maybe first time when it happened. So I think six months is three chances, I feel personally. Two yeah. chances for, uh, one chance for every two months. Correct. Right. So that's usually how I see it. But um, so I think one the other time that happened, it was maybe like, our mistake. Uh, maybe we did not hire for the right role. We felt that this is the right role for the person, but uh, that was not the right role. So in that case, if we had to fire them, we actually found a job for them uh, with some other company. So I think that is also our responsibility. If we feel that yeah. you know, so we have not been able to hire for a right role, uh, right person, then if we are letting them go, then we have to also help them uh, in a way. So the other person, actually they are in a much better company right now, much bigger company. Uh, that we placed them in. Bigger maybe, maybe not better, <laughs> but better for them maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they're excelling in whatever they're doing now. So they wouldn't have excelled if they stayed in the same role, uh, continued in the same role with us. Let's, let's go on to our next challenge. So this one's called Red Flags. And basically the idea here is we're going to give you three situations. Now within each situation, there are two things that are going great which are the green flags. And then one thing that's not so great, that's a red flag. Okay. So nine statements, I will be reading out, reading these to you. You have to choose which, which of these three situations right. you would rather be in. Yeah. So situation one is that Vibrant Moon has grown to 300 employees. Right. You are working with global brands. Your attrition rate, however, is too high at this scale. Mm -hmm. Situation two is it's actually a very good situation given our, given our <laughs> conversation just now. But anyway, situation two is Vibrant Moon's client roster has grown three times in the last year. Yes. A network agency wants to acquire you, okay. but your latest campaign with a client is received horribly by the public. Okay. And situation three is Vibrant Moon has opened offices in three cities across India. Mm -hmm. Your revenue and cash flow has never been healthier, but Chintan has to leave the company due to personal reasons. <laughs> so, which of these three oh. situations would you rather be in? So, it can be Chintan or it can be me as well, right? So, no, I no, no. <laughs> <laughs> when we so, ask Chintan this question, we'll ask him with your name on it. Right. So, definitely not situation two. Um, I, I don't think Vibrant Moon can ever be a network agency. We are not built that way. Yeah. Our culture is not built that way. So, if the network agency you know acquires us and if we sell it at a very hefty price, they will fail Vibrant Moon, I feel. <laughs> or Vibrant Moon will fail them, right? Something will happen. So situation two is out. Uh, mm, so I think it's, <laughs> it's pretty uh, difficult one or three. But I would still you know look at either Chintan or Ankit <laughs> to leave the comp <laughs> company due to personal reasons, and for that reason, uh, it can be situation three, right? Um, 
I think so. Uh, our goal is never to be 300 employees. Uh, our goal is to touch a billion lives. <laughs> uh, whether it takes 30 people, whether it takes 3,000 people or 300 people, it doesn't matter. It's irrespective of that. Um, so I think 300 employees is something, uh, and we don't we don't even aspire that we have to only work with global brands. We work with some global brands like Tata. I think curious fair enough. I can say global brand. <laughs> so. Um, so we work with global brands. So I think situation three, only caveat is Chindan or Ankit, whoever. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I guess we spoke about you know the 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 continuation and the succession of right. of White and Moon yeah. beyond the two of you. So True. that the fact that either or has to leave for personal reasons. So True. if that is it, then so be it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, fair enough. So moving on to our final segment, which is the rapid fire. Uh, Self-explanatory, I'll ask you <laughs> questions and you have to give us quick and crisp answers. All right. um, so to start, how many days of leave have you taken in the last year? This year, uh, talking about 2023, uh, many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, three weeks of uh, holiday. But, oh yeah, two. But that was testing. So, that was testing. <laughs> <laughs> so three weeks of holiday, uh, but one week of this restoration program, four weeks, and then there have been like personal medical uh, holidays. So, so many this year. <laughs> um, your proudest moment with Vibrant Moon? A few, uh, if I can like say at least two, three. One is when. Uh, when people started talking, coming to me that, hey, you work with this brand, hey, you work with that brand, etc. And I've never disclosed to any people that I work with, except you find it in the cred stack or somewhere. But people who would have never seen my cred stack coming to me and telling them, and I get to know that they say this because they know it from my parents. Uh, that I felt was, they feel good about me. <laughs> <laughs> they feel that, oh, they have raised a kid who can, you know, uh, run a business uh, that was one uh, two um, over the person from the team uh, you know them uh, Vijay uh, it's like moved out not moved out moved out but we have like together started a studio uh, it is still not like practically on but uh, he's setting up the studio as we speak in Delhi wow uh, so that is another uh, movement uh, I think I would say that makes me proud that I feel uh, he learned a lot in three years. He he really became a different person in three years than what he was, and I feel that there was something right we did. Um, right, we have to bring him on. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So once things are set up, once you know things are on, maybe two three years down the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like having that um, environment where people can grow like that. That's also yes. a massive. Yes, I also feel that you know very small moments like uh, which where I feel proud is uh, when someone from the team, I think you also met Harshada. Yeah. Um, they come to you and speak to you openly, you know, without any hesitation. Uh, I feel pride that uh, you know we have been able to build such culture that people don't hesitate to come. There are no boundaries. Uh, there are no walls. So you know, if she needs to learn something, if she needs new technology. She will not hesitate to ask me, Ankit, you know, uh, I need this budget or that. And uh, I need to do this course, even if it's like, you know, whatever, less than a lakh, lakh, two lakhs, 50,000, whatever. You know. uh, so we kind of work with them. Uh, we help them grow. Uh, or they Because I think they've shown that they want to grow. They want to learn. Uh, if they don't, then I think it makes no sense. 
but since they have shown then it's better that you know they grow i think so these are like few moments where you know in a day to day life i wouldn't think of that but since you are asking me i now feel that yeah, this is pride because uh, there is a place where they can come and you know uh, they can grow they can you know put forth their discussions or, or whatever they have in mind without hesitation because if there are hesitations uh, neither will they be able to grow or any inhibitions that they have they will not be able to grow they will not be able to give the best and we will not be able to grow clients will not be able to grow um no yeah having a supportive environment is i guess key to their productivity in the long term as well but um what is the scrappiest thing you've done to build your business honestly i've not done anything scrappy i would like to <laughs> i would definitely like to um but no i've not done anything scrappy so far that's that's a good thing as well <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i've never thought of it uh, yeah but uh, no. What was one time you felt like you let Vibrant Moon down? Uh, if I let a client down, then yes. Otherwise, I've not felt any other way. Um, that has happened. Like right? you know, you try, you work on on a brand. Uh, things did not work out, but then you have to be honest about it. That this is not working out. Maybe we can stop, or maybe we can try something else. Uh, without that, then I think that's the time I also feel that you know, we let them down. Uh, let's say X amount of budget was spent on it. Uh, You know, we try to figure out that you know, can we still try it out or not, or we stop it. I think that's one one area where I feel that if things don't go right, right, uh, I feel that you know I've let Vibrant Moon down. But um, at the same time, you have to be honest. Um, what did you do with your first profit? First profit, <laughs> nothing. I invested in a, a FD. uh so that if something goes down we pay our salaries yep this is why you've done nothing scrappy to build your business <laughs> because you've done everything right books or podcasts podcast Thank ipad <laughs> ipad or notebook notebook are you a morning person or a night owl morning threads or twitter neither <laughs> and your favorite social media platform Instagram. Uh, That seems to be the favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't spend my time anywhere else now. It's just Instagram. Yeah. You get all the Twitter tweets also on Instagram. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, that concludes the rapid fire segment, bringing us almost to the end of our conversation. But before we let you go, we ask every guest to ask our next guest a question. So I'm gonna ask you what our previous guests asked. And lucky for you, we had four guests last time. <laughs> yeah, so I have four questions for you. Um, so yeah, the first one is: How do you approach the right kind of investors for your business? Who aligns with the kind of thought process that you have? Uh, I've never approached, but if I had to, um, I would approach an investor who would be interested in. like building or touching like lives right uh, and not just making profits out of it profits will come in right money will come in i am sure uh, i mean we are able to survive because money is coming in otherwise we would have shut shop uh, we cannot just run a uh, shop like that so i would like to have an investor in future who would believe that yes money can come in if you are able to do good work uh, if you are able to touch lives so if someone fits that culture then that's the investor i would want to work with fair enough If there's anyone, please. 
question too is what's your biggest fear of running a startup many uh, but one um, that i think it was earlier not anymore but it felt like you know it can close any time uh, first few years two three years especially covid when covid hit it was a different ball game we had like few clients before that when covid hit only one client stuck around everyone else was figuring out what to do what not to do we worked with them uh, again for six months we had no other client only one client who was not paying uh, we said we'll work uh, but they paid later they they were very upfront that we will not be able to pay but let's do work we'll pay later once you know things normalize and stuff so we started to get payments after that so i think <clears throat> that period and even after that i think that fear was that you know we might have to shut shop anytime but that's gone yeah fair enough um so from yeah third guess it was how do you manage uh, communicating to customers in india <laughs> it's pretty difficult i think uh, in india everyone wants to communicate like to whatsapp at any point in time um but i think our guidelines uh, are very clear the day one we send the entire communication guidelines to them that this is how we prefer communicating email is the primary medium only when it is like urgent uh, which cannot wait it's when you either call or call is still the first and then the whatsapp i think whatsapp is a it's not at all business friendly uh, though people in india have made it business friendly yeah i mean we have what we have how many whatsapp groups yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you remember we communicate only when it is necessary or we communicate if we have to meet when we have to meet. yeah we still have long email chains which yeah. is the main so i think if you have like 20 whatsapp message exchange we would have 50 email exchanges oh. so that's usually how so email is always the first uh, preference because everything is there it's not about documenting it but you can just go back to it anytime you want you can have you can have a longer conversation you can put you know put your points across either way like whoever is on the chain can put their point across as stuff so there's also like differentiation between like work and like personal life to a certain yeah, absolutely extent. right yeah. uh, so certain times i don't want to open my whatsapp because i might want to avoid someone <laughs> <laughs> right and in that what happens it's uh, there's something urgent that might have come it might be missed or i'm in a meeting uh, where i cannot you know like reply on whatsapp uh, but i will probably in front of my desk reply on email no and, and whatsapp also creates this culture of 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 inciting an immediate response right like when you when you are working with clients there many times when clients need an immediate response and many times when they don't need it they want it but they don't need it right so if you're always on whatsapp it's the client is always thinking that hey i should get a response to a whatsapp within like an hour or two email you expect 3 4 hours whatsapp you expect an hour or two and then as a as a for you also it ends up becoming that if i've gotten a whatsapp message i need to respond like sooner mm-hmm. email is like okay i'll go through all my emails and respond one by one yeah i think for me it's usually the other way around email i am very fast because i'm always in front of my desk when i'm working i can immediately respond i uh, there's zero red, red emails unread emails sorry uh in my inbox always yeah uh so <laughs> all my emails are read and i always respond but whatsapp if i open my whatsapp there will be like so many unread whatsapp it's a little overwhelming as well like opening it like but a tip on whatsapp now you can like close everything like you can you can uh, show that you're not online you can show not show your last <laughs> name that's a lot <laughs> people don't care about it right people don't care if they have to in case you're avoiding someone you can like <laughs> but you know i use emails and whatsapp as a to-do list as well so for example someone's messaged me something that i need to do or something i need to get back to 
I purposely leave that unread. Yeah. So like right now I can tell you I'll have three unread WhatsApp like chats mm-hmm. and two unread emails. So that's five tasks plus three things on my to-do list. So I know I have eight pending tasks. Right. Yeah, even I used to do that. Like all the things that I need to reply to or like two tasks, like that used to stay. Otherwise I used to file all my emails. So whichever client it was, I used to put it in that folder. But like if it's like, oh, I have to do this work, till I haven't done it, it'll be in my like main inbox. So I think email and all also allows you to segregate, right? Yeah. For example, if I have to respond to someone urgently, you know, immediately, even in one hour, two hours, three hours, yeah. I can like star mark it and come back to it. If there's something I can do it next day, I can like put a important mark and come back yeah. to it. You know? uh, on WhatsApp, I think it's very difficult. Once you read it, uh, you read it, you, I mean, you cannot respond at that point in time, then you forget about it, things like that. So, so your management style is more like how you manage yourself rather than absolutely. I think it is. I think it's true for everyone, right? Uh, <clears throat> how you manage about things about yourself. Yeah. Uh, everyone has a different way of doing it. Yeah. So whatever works for you. I mean, email works for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool that you set that boundary up at the start where you like send. That is important, right? Yeah. It's important for everyone to know that email is the best way to communicate, even for them, even for us, right? Uh, otherwise, you know, we'll keep messaging them. We'll send them, let's say, there's a creative. Uh, they're coming up with something new launch is happening. And we are sending them 20 photos. Now select one WhatsApp. You know, ting, 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 20 messages. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. So email is the best way, I would say. Yeah, no, fair enough. And the last one is... What is the one thing that's troubling you which, if taken away, will help you sleep peacefully at night. <laughs> uh, troubling me. Um, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great thing. If you're sleeping peacefully at night, that's all you want. No, no, uh, not really. So I think um, there are always thoughts at the back of my head. Uh, if someone can take away those thoughts, I'll sleep peacefully at night. <laughs> but yeah. Are you like an overthinker? I am. I am. I'm always thinking. Uh, but there are thoughts. I mean, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's nothing, just uh, World Cup, for example, now. So anything, right? So there are thoughts uh, always on. Even for me, it's the same. Like at any given time, like even right now, like through the course of this podcast, there are like five things in my head, like in the back of my head, there are constantly yeah. this thing. Yeah, so there are so many times that I wake up in the night thinking that, oh, I had to respond to someone. Yeah. Uh, that happens yeah, at yeah. 2, then I make a note of it. And then you know, early morning, when I, let's say, wake up at 6, I'll, first thing is I'll send an email. Or I'll write an email at midnight and schedule it for, you know, so that they receive in the morning and not be disturbed mm-hmm. in the night if they're awake. <laughs> yeah. No, like I feel like a lot of, like, it happens with me in just, like, in life. If there's something going on, then it's, like, continuous thoughts. But in like the business sense, like when there's like a new idea or when there's like something that I want to try and work on, it consumes me where like at night I'll be thinking about it and I'm like, I won't be able to work on this if I just don't sleep properly. So like you need to have that. Unwinding is like, um, it's a skill, I would say. I think unwinding is a skill which because of other activities that we do as a team or individually, etc. It has helped us. Uh, I think it was, it was used to happen frequently almost every night earlier now it doesn't happen uh, but yeah thoughts uh, thoughts that always stays what's that one thing that you changed that unwinding right uh, what's your, your nighttime routine <laughs> <laughs> nothing really so uh, my nighttime routine is to have nice dinner with my partner 
uh, we have good chat about our day or just general in life, shopping, whatever, right? Uh, that's what we usually talk about. Talk to my parents, uh, you know, mostly not every day, but usually it happens in the night, in the evening. Hear from them, understand how it was, what's happening with them, etc. And then maybe just hear a podcast or listen to something and then unwind and sleep, right? Uh, also reels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I got into a horrible habit um, where I had to listen to a podcast to fall asleep. It was it's the worst thing to do. Like I generally don't like having, I used to watch something before I sleep and I still do that. Mm-hmm. But like having something on and sleeping, like I'm such a light sleeper, that was never me. And now I need, like, I've trained my brain where it's like, oh, you have to watch a podcast in the background while I sleep. And I was like, like, I can't do that. Like a meditative thing for you. Yeah, I, I tried, yeah, I tried, like, all the apps, like Headspace, Calm, like, listening to all these, like, meditations and going to sleep music. And nothing works now. It's like this random, like, podcast where I, like, fall asleep. Still, if you're sleep deprived, you have, like, you never have trouble falling asleep. I can fall asleep like you know within like thirty seconds. I'll be asleep. Uh, so that's not. So I think I've, I'm always sleep deprived, but I don't fall <laughs> no, uh, asleep so easily. Because it's not like I wake up late. This in is the one. Morning. This is one thing where I f- think about luck and <laughs> lucky you can sleep. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, you can add two more people to your billion lives count because it's been an absolute um, pleasure having you on and like learning more about Bible Moon. And your journey. So yeah, and thank you for being our first in-person guest. A pleasure to be here. In fact, privilege again. I would say to be here. Uh, it's always good to you know, communicate, converse, meet in person, right? But yeah, and we enjoyed, enjoyed, enjoyed the, the communication, enjoyed the format, enjoyed the absolutely format. enjoyed it. I think it was my first first podcast ever uh, in person. I've spoken a lot, like given a lot of interviews and all, but this is like first podcast. Amazing. I hope I have many more.